Kids, you can be seated. So today we are celebrating as a Freedon's family. And as I said, what we're doing right now is really taking a lot of the content that we would have done in there after the potluck and moving it in here. And again, for the potluck, we encourage everyone to stay. Even if you didn't bring a dish to share, please feel free to stay. There's going to be plenty of food. Um, There are discussion questions on the table as well just to talk with one another about what did God do in our lives in the last year? What was exciting or encouraging for us? And so we encourage everyone to stay in fellowship hall afterwards. But today we're just talking about what did God do in and through Freedons in the last year? And there are any number of, uh, number of things that we can look at. But first of all, a very obvious thing that happened was numerical growth. I mean, in the last year we experienced 25% growth even just in these Sunday morning services. I mean, 25% growth is, is pretty significant in the course of one year. But drilling even deeper than that, we added 20 new members to the church family. These are people who went through our membership process. They're people who are very active in the church family, who are already contributing in major ways to enrich our ministry and to enrich relationships within the church family. This was very exciting, and we've seen general increased attendance just across the board in the vast majority of our ministries. I mean, general, uh, just increased attendance. I, I could point to any number of examples, but I think, for instance, of our Ignite Children's Ministry that meets on Wednesday nights. I mean, that's been a ministry program that's been really solid for a number of years, but attendance has kind of gone up and down, up and down. But this last year, attendance there really solidified to where now every Wednesday there are at least 20 kids there, which is really exciting. And on Tuesday nights, we have our, our middle school Bible study. And there it's been growing consistently for a number of years to the point where now there are consistently 20 to 30 middle school students there every Tuesday night. And that's remarkable. You think middle school students, that age when uh, students are just trying to figure out who they are, going through a lot of challenges. And here they are on Tuesday nights meeting for Bible study. And granted, it's more than just Bible study. Uh, Pastor David injects a lot of his personality into it and uh, just wild and fun uh, nature. They play dodgeball to begin it. They end it with this crazy game where they run through the church with the lights off. I, I, I know what the name of the game is. It's Moog. I don't know how it's played, but I know it's fun. Um, but, I mean, a lot of these people who come to this middle school Bible study, they don't come from church families. Their families don't attend church, but they come to this Bible study because a friend invited them and they get to hear the gospel there. And so it's exciting to see this numerical growth, but, but even deeper than this, more significant than just growing in numbers, is the spiritual growth that has taken place within the church family in the last year. Now granted, it's much more difficult to quantify spiritual growth. I mean, you can count how many people are here on a Sunday morning, how many people are at a Bible study, how many new members do we have, but, but it's a bigger question of how do you really measure spiritual growth? Well, one of the ways I look at spiritual growth is just what, what, are they, what do people say? Well, how do they respond when you talk with them about God, about what God is doing in their lives? And let me give you a few examples of spiritual growth that's taken place in our midst. It just comes from our annual report. One uh, man is Trevor Christian. He began attending Freedon's early in 2015. He said, before coming to Freedon's church, I felt like I was lost. Quite often I felt angry, frustrated, and sad. And I had difficulty seeing the joys in my life. But 
God opened my eyes to all the great things he has given me. And I began to remember what it is like to have someone I could turn to. Someone I can put all my hurt onto and know that he could bear the weight. My prayer life was basically non-existent until God became a part of my life again. It may sound silly, but I felt like I didn't know how to pray. But now, I pray many times per day about anything and everything in my life that needs God's hand. As I've grown closer to God, he has given me more joy and more fulfillment in my life. So that's just a picture of spiritual growth that's taken place in our midst in the last year. I mean, I think of Paul and Donna Grady just flipped the page of the annual report they began attending here in 2013. But they say, as we look back over the past couple of years, our growth has been significant. And the closeness we feel toward God and each other is very noticeable. We are much more open to seeking God's will. And we have both increased our daily practice of closeness to Christ. Our conversations at breakfast are much more Christ-focused. Our children and families are noticing a difference in our excitement in learning and talking about Christ. And it has made an impact on their faith journeys as well. We've also experienced more of an ease and excitement in sharing our faith with others. It is a continuing journey, but clearly God is at work in our lives, which has been fostered by the Freedman's family. Now, we already heard Bob reference Henry up in the sound booth. Henry Nowak has been attending Freedman's for the last probably five-ish years or so. He's been growing in major ways. He says, over the past few years, Freedman's has helped me grow in my faith tremendously. He says, I'm in the Word daily and growing, and I'm getting better at speaking to people about how God transformed my life. And if you talk with Henry, he will share openly about the transformative work that God really has done in his life in the last few years. I also think of Barb Blazing. I mean, she says, through the Sunday morning classes, I've been inspired to put into practice what I am learning. And then she goes on to talk about how she's been inspired to really get active in a particular ministry in the community that is a blessing to others and enables her to share the gospel with the people around her. So she's not merely listening to the good things she should do. She's actually going out and putting them into practice. These are just little glimpses of spiritual growth. And this is important because when Jesus said, go and make disciples, he's not merely talking about get more people to come to church. He's talking about life transformation. And the really exciting thing as I look back on this last year at Freedens and certainly before that as well, is that we have seen God working in many people's lives in rich and exciting ways. When I think of spiritual transformation this last year, I think of the AHA series. AHA was a six-week sermon series based on the parable of the prodigal son. But it also was accompanied by six-week DVD-based life groups that feature Kyle Eidelman, who we saw earlier. They're very engaging we had over 100 people involved in these life groups. And this process, this aha series with the life groups, was a tremendous catalyst for spiritual awakening in many, many people's lives. And also as an opportunity for people to make new connections within the Freedman's family. And I also think in this realm, just the power of relationships. I mean, here at Freedman's, one of our values is discipleship through relationships. Just we recognize that, uh, as it says in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And we have people rubbing shoulders through huddles and through, uh, through Bible studies and through mentoring relationships and just through informal interactions and all kinds of other things. We recognize that programs are valuable tools for ministry, 
But really, a lot of times, the lasting growth, the deepest impact comes through the power of Christians rubbing shoulders with other Christians, especially in intentional relationships where you're trying to build one another up. It's exciting to see how God is at work in people's lives just through the influence of other Christians. And so we look at this power of relationships. So, so we've seen a lot of exciting spiritual growth in our midst in the last year. Also at Freedens, we've had a lot of fun as a church family in the last year. And that's good because healthy families do have fun together. And I could point to any number of, of ways that we've had fun together. I think, for instance, a vacation Bible school. I mean, VBS is a highlight every year. It's always a very fun, exciting, uh, energy-filled week. This last year was significant because Freedens partnered, a full partnership with Open Door Bible Church here in town for this vacation Bible school. And by many accounts, it was the smoothest, best VBS that's happened in many, many years. It's the largest we've had in many years. And much of this can be attributed not only to God's work in, the, in our midst, but also to Pastor David and his leadership team uh, providing all the framework and the guidance for this ministry. And also a plethora of volunteers who gave their time, really, from both churches, Freedens and from Open Door. So that was a very fun week here at Freedens. Also, in terms of fun things, I think of Christmas caroling. This last year was our largest group of Christmas caroling on record here at Freedens. We had 62 people go. And we barely fit in one school bus. And it's really difficult, if you haven't experienced it, to describe the camaraderie that you experience as you are getting on and off a bus with each other, as you're singing with one another, as you're laughing with each other, as you're sharing a meal afterwards with each other, it's really a fun, just, just energizing experience together. You know, it's fun that 62 of us were able to experience that. When I think of fun things at Freedens, I also think of the feast we had here in the sanctuary in May. Now you see that table of food lined up that was right up here. We had three other tables just like it around the sanctuary. This is part of the AHA series. When we were celebrating with the parable of the prodigal son, when, when the son comes home and the father runs out to meet, to meet him, and we read in this parable, Luke 15, verses 23 and 24, the father, when the, when the son had come home, the father said, let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found so they began to celebrate. And we celebrated with this parable, celebrated God's power to transform people's lives. And we celebrated it with a feast and also many stories of God's work in people's lives. So, I mean, how often do you get to eat uh, the equivalent of an entire very tasty meal during a church service? It was fun. Because, you know what, church families, healthy families have fun together. I could point to any number of other things. I think of Skateland, which was very fun last year. I think of family fun nights throughout the summer. I mean, tasty food, wacky games. I mean, one of the games, uh, if, if, if a certain sequence of things happens, you get a pie in the face. I mean, fun. I mean, so many other things. And a lot of fun and laughter that you really can't... Uh, tie a tight string around and say, okay, there was this event and this event, because a lot of the fun that we have together as a church family is just informal. It's just spontaneous. It just happens in the course of sharing life together. Now, as I look back in 2015, you have to recognize not everything that we experienced was pure fun. One of the things I think about is the God's Not Dead movie night. Now, you may be thinking, okay, that was really a fun night. That was an encouraging night. What, what were you talking about? It wasn't that much fun. Well, let me share a behind-the-scenes account of what happened that afternoon here in the church. 
I was just in here, I was bringing the DVD in here, just kind of previewing it to make sure everything looked all right for the movie night. And I realized something doesn't sound quite right. In fact, I, I couldn't really hear parts of the movie, and so I started fiddling with the controls up in the sound booth and thought, you know what, it seems like there isn't any sound coming out of the speaker over here. And so I called Dane Barber. Uh, he's, he's, he knows a lot about sound systems. He came in and started analyzing and fiddling himself, and he said, you know what, that speaker's dead. I thought, that was a crisis that afternoon because it's like, okay, we have a movie night tonight. A lot of people coming. You can't hear half this movie because the movie is in stereo. Part of the sound comes out of this side. Different parts of the sound come out of this side. What are we going to do? Dane was able to create a makeshift solution to get us through so all the sound came out of that side. But it opened our eyes to this big issue that we have. That speaker is dead. And that started a process that eventually led to replacing the entire sound system in September. And now... Um, we not only have speakers that work. I mean, we had other issues that were being uncovered in this process as well. But we have a very reliable sound system that is, I mean, very nice, rich, clear sound. Uh, just so many blessings. I mean, even the blessing with the electrical work that we did, there's no buzz up here. For many of us, that's probably just a distant memory that we've forgotten about. But if you remember before the new sound system, there was constantly this low-level buzz coming from the stage area. It's gone. It's beautiful. And I want to say thank you to everyone who contributed to the AV Fund to help make this possible and be a blessing for many, many years. Now, as I look back in 2015, I just realized there were many things that really tugged at our heartstrings in various ways during this year. I think about the Good Friday service, uh, which was moving and convicting for many of us as we reflected on what Christ did, his sacrifice on our behalf. I think as well about the Christmas Eve services. I mean, they were powerful, very encouraging services on many, many levels. But for me, the kind of the icing on the cake was uh, the special music, Mary, Did You Know? It was sung by Krista Teller, Brianna Belinsky, and Bobby Schlenvoet. It was, it was beautiful. It really fit into the overall flow of the service. Here we go. Let's listen to part of it. Go ahead, Henry. That's fine. Did you know that your baby boy Gives sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know your baby boy on the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has worn where angels trod? When you I mean, just one of the blessings we have of everyone in the Freedom's family bringing their various gifts and talents together. Uh, but that was one of those things that just kind of tugs at your heart. It's just like, wow, that just amazing way to worship God um, and to enjoy the talents of people here in the church family. 
In terms of other things that pull on our heartstrings, I think of just the testimony of God's work in people's lives. We heard many testimonies this last year of God at work in people's lives. In May, we did cardboard testimonies where people just on pieces of cardboard write out uh, just in a brief way what God has done in people's lives. And when we think about um, all these different powerful testimonies, I think the one that probably melted our hearts more than any others came from Chris Jaffke. Chris and his brother Skyler were in their foster care system. Uh, Paul and Buffy Jaffke had cared for them in their home for a couple of years, and then in 2015, their adoption was finalized. And just these pictures, I mean, if you've been around here for a while, you've seen them before, but, I mean, just so powerful. I mean, before, Chris characterized his life as angry, a miserable life, no love, no heat, no home, not loved. And then now, through the love of a family, it says peace, happy life, a Christian. I mean, he, he's heard the gospel, he's embraced Christ, a real mom, a real life, loved. I mean, that is true transformation in a family that's right in our midst, and just the power of a love, loving family just bringing their arms around someone in need. I mean, it's, it gives me chills every time I see these pictures, just because God is at work in our midst. And speaking of adoption, I think of our Forever Families ministry. Uh, Forever Families is our adoption and orphan care ministry here at the church. It was another very successful and encouraging year, um, just through our Adoption Connection event, through Super Saturday. This is a picture, uh, little tiny pictures in there, of all the different families who have received Forever Families grants, 18 families for 23 adoptions over the last six years. It's really making a difference in people's lives. And on top of this, Forever Families supports orphan care ministries throughout the world. And, I mean, uh, you can point to any number of different stories from uh, Forever Families. I mean, this last week I opened up the newspaper. Oh, here's the Sullivan family from Sockville. They have adopted children from Ethiopia. They have... Um, they, they started a few years ago a ministry in Ethiopia to help keep families together to prevent additional orphans being created through poverty. And as I read this, I thought, you know what? Well, one, they're just an amazing, wonderful family. But also I thought, through Forever Families, we, ha- we are a part of the story. We were able to give them an adoption grant to help with one of their, their adoptions. On an ongoing basis, Forever Families supports the ministry that they began in Ethiopia. I mean, it's so encouraging to see the impact that God is having through Forever Families. In November, here's another story about Forever Families. In November, um, the phone rang at church. I picked it up. Someone, it was a woman I'd never met before, a local woman. She said, you know what, I have a few questions about Forever Families. And we get these calls periodically about questions with adoption grants and um, upcoming events and stuff like that. But this was different. She went on to share that she and her husband have some money that's been earmarked for adoption. They'd been in an adoption process. It fell through. They weren't going to use the money, but they still wanted to go to adoption. And she heard about Forever Families. So she just wanted to learn more. And there were some subsequent meetings and further conversations. To fast forward, at the end of December, she came in and dropped off a check for $14,000 for Forever Families. And, and, I mean, that's just amazing. Um, God's provision in that way. And that brings our total for six years to over $90,000 for Forever Families that's fully dedicated to adoption grants and orphan care around the world. And even this last week, I received an email uh, from someone who had some questions. They're filling out a grant application. So, so we are able to continue to have an impact in people's lives. Now, as we look back at 2015, we also recognize that we lost some key members of our church family. 
Some of them we didn't know very long. I think of Eddie Sinkular. We only knew him here in the church family for a couple of years. He's Deb Grunewald's father. He moved back up to live with Kurt and Deb uh, for these last couple of years. We didn't know him super well, but we got to know him well enough that, I mean, his, his smile and his humor just warmed people's hearts. I mean, very faithful here. Just, I mean, I miss shaking hands with him and hearing his comments as he, uh, always encouraging humorous comments as he leaves uh, church on Sunday morning. Some of the others who passed away have been around much longer. I think of Alice Ravenhorst. I mean, Alice has been here for several decades. She was really a pillar in the church, a prayer warrior. And, and thankfully, we were able to create a video testimony of her that we played last Easter. And I want to show a little clip of that just to remember Alice once more. My name is Alice Ravenhorst, and I am, live at Harbor Club. I was 91 years of age in January of 2015, and I did not get serious, real serious, about Jesus Christ until I was 70 years of age. You read his word. You start to me in the Psalms, beginning a little by little, and just inhale them, eat them, digest them and not be afraid of them and I've grown even at at 90 I've grown and I'm not about to stop because he won't let me be honest be truthful be be fruitful in everything you do and I pray that this message is going into your hearts through Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. As I talked about at Alice's memorial service, it's kind of like she's passing on the baton to us. I mean, she was a prayer warrior. She did more for the Freedman's family, for individuals here and us as a church family than we will ever know on this earth. But we stand on her shoulders and on the shoulders of many others who've gone before us. And, you know, as we look back at 2015, we experienced a lot as a church family. And we have much to be thankful for. And right now, I want to turn our attention to the screen again for a highlight video that really covers just the whole spectrum of what we experienced as a church family in 2015. Desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation when all is dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe 
Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe. So. I want to say thank you to everyone who has contributed to the ministry of Freedoms. I think one of the blessings of Freedoms Church is that it's not just a few people carrying the load of the church's ministry. I mean, it's really everyone coming together, bringing their own unique gifts, their own talents, their own time, their resources to contribute to our ministry. I mean, it's such a fun thing to be on this journey together with everyone bringing what they have. Uh, one of the things I want to encourage us to do as we're around tables today is just, just talk about these questions. And we have other questions out there on the tables. We just talk about how have you been blessed by the way others at Freedons have served? Who are you thankful for at Freedons because of the way they serve? And we want to make sure that, um, you know what, people understand that the way they serve is really significant. I mean, there are a lot of behind-the-scenes roles that are very significant. I mean, there are the financial recorders who count the offering every week. I mean, even today, Henry, do we have the pictures 
We might have pictures of people who are serving even at this moment. Um, but there we go. In the kitchen, we have people uh, who are preparing our meal for us right now. And then down in the nursery, we have so, some craziness going on down there. Um, and so we just, I mean, these are little pictures of people who serve even behind the scenes, even sacrificially recognizing that, you know what, they, they aren't able to be a part of the service here, but they are serving us. So if you see people you see in those pictures or whatever, even on a week-to-week basis, please be sure to say thank you for what you do. Because it's really a healthy church family as everyone just bringing their own gifts, talents, time, resources together for the bigger whole. Now, as we look ahead to 2016, you know, one, of our, one of our really big focuses is really reaching out into our community with the gospel. And we've been focusing on this for quite a while, but we're seeking to continue to increase this emphasis. You'll be hearing more about this in the coming months. We're trying to identify some key, ongoing, redemptive, meaningful ways that we can reach out and build ongoing relationships with people in our community for the sake of the gospel. And one of the ways that we are just focusing on that even today is in what we call the 40 days of prayer. 40 days of prayer is something that we do every year in the 40 days or so, six weeks leading up to Easter. And how this works is that we commit ourselves to praying on a daily basis for the next 40 days between now and Christmas, or not Christmas, now and Easter, for five people at least. Christmas. Please keep praying beyond Easter. Pray to Christmas and beyond. But what we're going to be doing is filling out these cards. They're in your pews behind the envelopes or in the chair in front of you. Please take two of them. And on these cards, write the names of at least five people that you want to be praying that they will come to know Christ sometime before they leave this earth. And uh, write identical names on each card. What, what you'll be doing is keep one card for yourself. Put it in a prominent place. Put it perhaps on the dashboard of your car, bathroom mirror, kitchen table, in your Bible, someplace where you'll see it every day to remind yourself to be praying for these people. They will come to know Christ. There are ideas for prayer topics on the cards. And then on the other card, write identical names. And in that card, bring it up here. Fold it in half. We're going to have this plexiglass box that'll be right up here. Right now, it's right here in the middle. Um, And the rest of the next 40 days between now and Easter... It'll be right over here as a symbolic reminder of our prayers for these people that we want to see them come to know Christ. And so as you are ready, I'm going to pray for us in a minute, but as you're ready, you can bring up one of the cards, fold it in half, drop it in the box. No one will ever see them, but it's just a symbolic way to remember our prayers for these people. Um, so I'll pray for us, and then you can bring them on up, and then we'll close. And then actually John Brezina will come up after people bring them up. He'll be praying for the people who are represented here. And then we'll close our service in prayer. So let's pray right now. Our Father, we thank you that you're such a gracious God. We look back on the last year and just are filled with gratitude and praise for all that you have done in our midst. We are incredibly grateful, Lord, because we know that we have a responsibility to plant seeds and to water seeds, but you're the one who makes them grow. And so, Father, we pray that you will be glorified richly and deeply in our midst for all that you have done. We also look forward with anticipation to all that you're going to do and pray that you will continue to be at work graciously in and through Freedom's Church and also in the surrounding churches as well, that we will work together in one team to impact our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, as we bring up these prayer cards, as we commit ourselves to praying on a daily basis for these people to come to know Christ, 
We pray that you will bring to mind the right people to put on these cards and that we will be faithful to be praying for them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.